Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. Also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Erica's not with us, fellas. She's on vacay. Vacay to end the summer. I guess the summer's over. So sad. That's it. First order of business. Uh, this Friday, as we say on the last few episodes, there will be an episode of The Pedestal uh, being released. Uh, I'm not sure which movie it's going to be, but it's going to be one of the 10 of season two. Check that out. Also, go over to The Pedestal feed if you want to see all of the movies uh, that are currently up on there. We're going to be recording some new ones soon, I think, as well. Eh? There was some talk of... Uh, we, we already did record uh, The Matrix. That's which right. hasn't been released. And then I think we're doing Scarface. Yes. Mm. I'm not looking forward to watching Scarface. It feels like a slog to me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've even said as much in our text group with uh, John and Shane. Uh, but maybe we'll be doing some Adam Sandler stuff, too. We were just discussing that yesterday. It's so. funny. I was just uh, walking here today, obviously, and a woman... Uh, confronted me on the street. She's talked about the pedestal briefly. That's why I, I bring it up. But uh, wait, she stopped like she was a listener. Yeah, uh, a pod fan. Like, did she confront you or just say hello? Well, she what, what approached was me. <laughs> she she was um like kind of like Elaine from Seinfeld. Okay. In the fact that she doesn't care if she just pushes you mm. as an introduction. So she goes, "Hey," <laughs> and, and I she just pushed me. Everywhere. I literally I thought I was in trouble, so I go ah, <laughs> and I'm wearing my noise canceling headphones, so mm. I went ah. I go ah, I'm like kind of like like you know like was scared a little bit. She's like, I have to talk to you. She goes, Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> And I go, oh, I'm just going uh, to, to record the pod. But she didn't hear that. She thought I was going to work. She goes, I'm coming with you to work. And she grabs me and starts walking with me. <laughs> she's like, I am the biggest fan. Your biggest Oh, she's a Shaniac. A Shaniac. Oh, to put it lightly, she's a Shaniac. <laughs> this was like how you would define Shaniac. Because she was literally had a, a manic energy that was like so um, infectious. Mm. Like it was making me feel so good. She's like... <laughs> She's like, I, I know everything. I know everything. She goes, when I started listening to the podcast, hated the desserts. She's like, still don't. She's like, desserts, fuck them. She's like, she's like the pedestal, hate it. <laughs> and she goes, when Max and Mike are just on, it sucks. And wow. Yeah. Oh, that's not funny then, eh? <laughs> Everyone stops laughing. Yeah. But, but she's like, but when it's you three together, mm. she's like, it is the best. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Yeah. And she just went on about like how endearing we were and everything. And I was like, oh, are you a Max fan? And she was like, made like a face like she was disgusted. She was like, Ugh. <laughs> She's like, oh, Max needs you guys. And was like, all, all <laughs> wow. Wasn't well, the point of her pep talk that we all need each other? I guess in a way, yeah. yeah. But I think the point also was to pump me up because mm. she got the feeling like I'm I'm insecure and I'm kind of an introverted person. Yeah. So she was like really like pumping me up. What's her name? Do her name, name is Kathleen. Okay. And she, it was like the whole usual paradigm of pod fan shifted in the sense that usually I'm last on the docket. Uh -huh. Here I was the Very max cool. on, on the pedestal, nice. oddly enough. And then it was like Mike and then very far down Max. Wow. Yeah. Man. It was amazing. That and, was this morning? Yeah, it it, took, it it was about 15 minutes out of the day. I'd never experienced <laughs> any energy like this, just like so positive and violent in a way, <laughs> like in touchy and like I didn't know what a hugger because she was like shoving you around. Yeah, like an extreme Shaniac. It was extreme and it was very cool. And she seemed also sane too. Like she was like a, a woman who had a, like a job in the industry. Okay. So it wasn't just like some person who's unhinged you know what i mean of course it was that good balance of fan you would like yeah well kathleen thank you for listening uh i apologize for those episodes where it's just max and i uh and the desserts hey like she was even she was even like she was being so real about what she didn't like yeah it added extra credence to the things she did like well there's something very shane about that just being exactly bluntly honest yeah and i really appreciate it on that note actually you know i put out a, an instagram story and a tweet asking where are you guys from because when you're in a rock and roll band you get a sense of like who your fans are because you go on tour and you go okay this many people seem to like us in vancouver and this many people seem to like us in la or whatever but when we do a podcast we really have no clue where people are from yeah and the responses were incredible like and, and it's very surprising i mean i kind of assumed there'd be a lot of people just in the gta that are you know friends of ours or whatever that listen to the pod but it was really a diverse list of memphis san diego atlanta stratford halifax sudbury st john newfoundland st john's new brunswick st john's newfoundland st john new brunswick <laughs> gotta get that right yep uh edmonton um uh, sylvan lake alberta 
Helsinki, Chicago, Winnipeg, Vancouver. Anyway, this is all to say, I'm, I'm blown away. And thank you so much for listening. It's, it's really, it was so cool. It blew my mind yeah. when I saw all those places. And it also made me feel like, hey, if like I feel like we have a couch to crash in in so many cities around We're the world. We're coming for you. Yeah. Honestly. So th- thanks well, it was just for a listening. great Twitter question. Because yeah. sometimes I'll try to engage and I'll be like, what's your favorite color? And then one person will say like blue. But you actually came up with a great question to ask, which got 111 responses yeah a lot of for our twitter that's nuts that's unprecedented yeah and also well and the the dms on the instagram mm-hmm. um the messaging and all that like it literally you just couldn't it was just kept the inbox was constantly full like of people and there is something about i think people just have pride in where they're from yeah so there's yeah. something really cool like you want to engage with that where you ask hey where are you from uh as a listener it's like I'm proud. It's like, I'm from Hamilton. You know, you kind of, it's, you touched on something that means something to people and something that they'll engage with. Well, and it's a, vi- a lot of people who don't typically engage in Twitter. They're like, ah, I don't want to type more than a sentence or put my thoughts or feelings necessarily out there in the world. It's a very easy, concise mm-hmm. thing to engage with. Yeah. If, if you typically don't. But yeah. then I became like addicted to it. So I'm like, we got to think of another question. And then it's like, where do you listen to the uh, pod? Yeah. And, and then, that didn't get as bad. No, I got like 17. And I, I wanted to ask people how tall they were. Like I was trying to think of very easy questions. But anyway. Um, so another thing that's been going on, Max, you just moved back to Hamilton. Speaking of places mm-hmm. where you're from, uh, you are there full time now. You're in yep. your place. You actually, did you commute here this morning? No, actually, I have to go do some driving around. So I came in last night to stay at my folks place in Toronto. Oh. I feel like you're very subdued today. Yeah, you feel, oh, really? you feel yeah. more tired. Oh, shit, sorry. I thought I you made my, the coffee Don't hit. apologize. Right. I, I just thought maybe it was due to the commute in. Because like, now, yeah. I was just saying this to Danica last night. I was like, oh, now that Max is back, like our recording schedule might be a little bit topsy-turvy. I'm now outnumbered two to one Yeah, by the Hamilton guys. I think it's going to have to go to more afternoons. Because I don't know if I can do that many uh, mornings, to be honest. <laughs> I'm at like your guys' mercy now. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's been uh, good to be back in Hamilton. Um, Did you get a ride back with my brother last night? No, I have my, my parents' car. My parents are oh, away. Nice, They're nice, on vacation nice. right now. But um, yeah, I I had been renting to some friends at my house in Hamilton, not to get too in the weeds, but basically, well, speaking of weeds, the big issue at my house is that my front lawn had not been tended to. And when I say, I say lawn, I mean literally it's just like a patch. A patch. It's a, it's a very much like a downtown Hamilton house, so it doesn't have a lot of space. But anyway... The weeds were kind of growing for probably a solid nine months, maybe, and totally untouched. And so, when you said "get into the weeds," you meant that literally. Yeah, yeah actually, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like the one time I it was not, a, yeah, a figure of speech. But um, I think all the uh, so when our uh, friend Psycho was moving out of the house because we were clearing out the house for Lauren and I to live in, uh, our friends uh, Jug, Sean, and Felix were there helping him move stuff. And then this woman, who I guess is a neighbor, came by and started berating them because they thought they lived in the house because the weeds were so bad. Oh. And then I think, I don't know if she knew that the guy from the Arkells owns the house or like Jug just told her, oh, this isn't my place. It's the guy from the Arkells. <laughs> she said, this will sink his career if this gets up. <laughs> his lawn looks like, and Felix filmed it. And so then I immediately felt really bad. And I then I was like, I was like, how do I fix this? Because God knows I'm not doing any weeding. Whatsoever. Was she serious when she said it's going to sink yeah, his career? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the video footage. She was like, oh, this is going to be his like downfall. Yeah. Do we have to edit this out? Why would we? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, she, so, so she's insinuating that because like you're, you let your place go, that yeah. it, you'd, your fans would be be like oh my god he's a terrible landlord yeah oh yeah and just that he's just irresponsible as a bad community member and also the other thing is i think people in hamilton like think i'm like a billionaire or something like right. that so mm-hmm. it's just like really poor behavior on my my part but anyway i ended up i was like well, how do i solve this problem and there's a uh, i live in corktown the neighborhood and there's a corktown message board and i just threw it i was like who's got a teenager that i can just Pay some money to do some weeding. And then a bunch of people. <laughs> Who's got a teenager as the subject heading? <laughs> when you go, I can, and there was a pause. It was like, what? Uh, <laughs> and then um, I got a bunch of responses, and some kid named Hannah came by. We did. I, I, you transferred her the money. Never met her, but. How much are we talking here? Well, this is the other thing is I was like, what do I pay her? So then I, t- I tweeted it. I said, what do you pay someone to weed? Kids. And some, I had a lot of funny answers. Someone, someone said a six pack of Coors Light. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that was me, actually. I was looking yeah, for I was the gonna work. Say, was that you, yeah. Mike? And uh, somebody it. else said, like, give them weed for weed, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, again, everybody thinks I'm a millionaire. So uh, people were like, you know, 10 to $15 an hour. I gave them 20 Is the expectation different because you're you? Yeah, I think so. This is like, I feel like, um, 
Especially like, in Hamilton. In Hamilton, it's like very like you Larry. played the stadium. Of course, yeah. they're gonna think that you I, sold out Tim Hortons Field. They're gonna they're they're gonna. I don't think that their thoughts are unfounded. Oh no, of course it, no. It totally makes sense that they think that it's not quite the reality. But yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of like Larry David kind of moments in mm-hmm. in Hamilton bum, moving bum, forward. Bum, yeah. What was the reaction when she? Oh, you didn't. It was an e transfer. Yeah, you didn't get to see her face. No, yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, but yeah, but Mike D actually just moved around the corner from me in Hamilton, and he just like walked by my place, and he's like, Max, you guys. Some, like teenagers like weeding for you outside and then he like saw the tweet he's like uh, max is always scheming Ma- mike so, call- mike calls me a very mike d'angelis in our band he calls me uh, the best delegator in the game which i think is so true with that. yeah <laughs> do you own a lawnmower hell no it's, okay. i don't have enough space for a lawn like yeah. like it's literally just some plants it's yep. very small so you're back i'm back i want to hear about the boat party though Oh, because yeah. uh, Birchall or uh, sorry, the nut, as if people don't know, about this one. <laughs> he was supposed to get a tattoo, which yeah. we talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah. Which I knew was not going to happen. And I know the answer to this, but just Max. you knew you knew it wasn't going to happen. Walk oh us God. through your thoughts. I thought he was going to do it. He was all gung ho. Like, the- every, every three months, he's like, uh, Shane, uh, give, give me a list of your uh, favorite tattoo artists. I'm like, mm. Birchall, I honestly, I don't go to good people. I just get really shitty tattoos. I'll get like a, a couple of cherries on my arm. Like, I'm not going to like the people who are amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just go anywhere. It depends what style you want. He's like, come on, you know the best. Give me the cream of the crop and then I'll give it to him. I'm like, what are you thinking of getting? He's like, I'm actually uh, I'm getting the mom logo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to get like essentially what's on our hat. And I'm yeah. like, oh, are you? He's like, yep, going to do it next weekend. And then, of course, the, the next weekend never comes. That's mm. the beauty of next yeah. weekend. <laughs> so, so this tattoo, he's like, uh, when, when we were out very briefly, I, I, he wasn't drinking, but he was like, uh, tomorrow I'm getting a, a cactus holding machine gun. I'm uh, like, yeah, oh, of course that. you are. Uh, who's, who's doing that? And he's like, lights. And yeah. then he's been posting photos of them hanging out. I guess mm-hmm. they're going over the artwork or something, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew it wasn't. I think happen. lights for, didn't bring her tattoo kit. I think right. it's simple as that. Oh, okay. I think he had a different excuse. Oh, okay. Well, what was, was his excuse? Well, he just – he opened the conversation because I was going to leave him alone on his mm. boat party. I wanted you to, like, live stream the tattoo, and I wanted to hear it organically. <laughs> but he's, like, kind of roasting me. He's like, everyone's talking about how you're an asshole on the boat. What? I'm like, Whoa! The captain of the boat knew you? <laughs> I'm like, no, they're not. He's like, they are. And then he's like, but I love you, man. And he, he was, like, really, really messed up. I'm like, hey, how's the tattoo going? He's like, here's the thing about that. And he's like <laughs> – and then he sends me this photo. Okay. He's like, I'll, I'll show you why I can't. And it, it honestly was a... Uh, oh, I, okay. This is part of the excuse, too. You're right. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I'll, then I'll show Mike. Have you seen this? Photo? Yeah. That's okay. crazy. Shane is showing a photo to... Oh, my God. I, <laughs> the nut is insanely burnt. Yeah. Like, this, is, this was before he got on the boat? Yeah. This? So he went uh, for a little swim the day before on his uh, condo rooftop pool. And he got burned really badly. And the thing is, the photo's actually funnier than Mike's reaction. The problem is just we've all seen yeah. it. I wish, like, a third party came well, you in. Just, just... We, we, maybe we can post it. Uh, and also, everybody knows what, like, a funny picture of somebody who's, like, extremely burnt looks like. Oh, yeah. Like, but, and you can see the tan lines because his underwear is kind of crocked. Cropped. He's just standing here in his underwear, and he looks completely like red, like a lobster, except for just the, the parts at the top of his underwear and at the top of his legs where he scrunched his underwear up. Uh, but yeah, he looks pretty good, though. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, shape. oh my God, you're in amazing shape. Yeah, like he's I just ignored the burn. Yeah. And I was like, the only thing you're burning is calories. But he. he d- <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. Thank you. But he does. Uh, yeah, like the only reason I think he sent me this, I think it was like 40% burn, 60% look how good my look body, at my body. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it is very. Impressive. He's gonna love this so much, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he'll let us post it because he looks so good, <laughs> and I think he won't let us post it because I said that. No, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. so it won't get posted. So I, our listeners will not get to see this photo of the nut on our Instagram. Only because there's I so just much said reverse that. psychology going on. I don't know which side we're at right now. I have no idea. Yeah. But so uh, this boat idea ended up being pretty cool. And Mike, I laughed at you on the last podcast because you were talking about you wanted to get a boat. Danica yeah. laughed at you. <laughs> Heck yeah. I went on a boat. Love a boat. Right? Yeah. See, I, I, I've never yearned or craved a boat before, but Manager Ash uh, sit together, put together this little boat party. Um, basically, you, it's, I think it's like 100 bucks an hour, and you can rent a, like a sweet like, speedboat, basically. Heck yeah. That goes around Toronto Island. It was uh, Labor Day weekend, so like the plane show was going, and we had a 
group of like 12 of us. Uh, Lights was there. Um, Jer, who works in the office, was there. And basically, here's the thing. I was moving that day. Um, and so, you know, you probably shouldn't plan to go to a boat party uh, when, <laughs> right, you're, yeah. when you're moving Makes all sense. your shit from uh, Toronto to Hamilton. But the night before, but I, I told Manager Ash the whole time, I was like, I think I'm going to try to come to this boat party. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to try to come. But I was sort of monitoring um, how our pack was going. And also, we paid for movers and we paid for those frog boxes. So the, pre, so the, so the night before, uh, all of our packing was done. So I said to Lauren, I'm like, Lauren, uh, I had this idea to go party on a boat tomorrow. <laughs> and she was like, are you fucking kidding me? But anyway, she ended up coming too. At the best time, but we could only stay for an hour. How many teenagers did you hire to help? Uh, oh no! I mean, no. We hired professional movers. Whoa! Right. Yeah, yeah, I was just kidding. But uh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I was just throwing money. Movers at ain't problems. cheap. No, but it was worth it. It was fucking always so worth, worth it. it. Uh, okay, so how, when you only stay for an hour, does that mean you went out for an hour and made the boat bring you back? That's to the exactly dock? what I did. Wow, yeah. that is some special treatment. Yeah, it was great. But it, the funny thing is that that so everybody like got into it immediately. Everyone was like having a great, great old party on a boat, <clears throat> and then I I didn't drink because I had to drive the car back to ha- Hamilton because uh, the, we had to meet the movers there. And then uh, I came back to drop the car off. I was using my parents' car. And I got back and everybody was... Uh, it was a real gong show. Everybody had a great time on the boat. And uh, yeah, so we got to do it next summer. Well, I think everyone loves a boat, especially a, something about a Labor Day boat ride is just and cooler. And seeing the city is also totally underrated. Like, you know, we spend so much time in Toronto, but when you're... You're at Center Island or you're going around that area on a boat. It looks incredible. I just don't know if everyone wants to own a boat. Because it's like, yeah, you had fun for the hour on the catamaran or whatever, and you're having drinks. and you're. This is my cottage theory. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in owning a cottage. I just yeah. want friends with a cottage. So here's the thing. I have no interest in owning a cottage either. But you got Randall. Exactly. I, I was at a cottage this, yeah. for this Labor Day long That's weekend. That's what made it so weird about the boat to you. Because I've never met someone who doesn't hates, doesn't hate cottages, but doesn't want to own a cottage. Yeah. But really wants to own a boat. To me, that's weird. So a cottage, in order to go and enjoy your first of all, it's it's a home. You have to like furnish it. You have to maintain it. There's a lot going on. Now you'd say, yeah, you might have to do that with a boat as well if you want a certain type of boat. The thing is, if I want to go, this is, I'm practicing myself or Danica, by the way. Uh, so the thing, I'm just about, imagining the size of this boat where you're furnishing it. But oh yeah, I want okay. like a legit boat, to, like a houseboat kind of. Maybe one step lower, but I have looked into the pricing on houseboats too. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm actually planning for my eventual divorce. This is where I'm going to live. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, hopefully, uh, the so a cottage is like you have to go three hours away. So I was at a cottage up in the Muskoka area over the long weekend with my family, uh, with with Randall, our friend. It was. Awesome, awesome way to spend a long weekend. Uh, but it's just like, that's a lot of work. You got to leave the city. You have to time mm. it so you're not stuck in traffic. You have to come home on a Sunday night or whatever. And you're like, oh, and then work it's starts. Fucking so nightmare. It is. It yeah. really is a lot. And it's like, if a friend owns it, it's like, oh, this is worth it for this. But if that, like, in order to get, like, your money's worth out of a cottage, you have to go up almost every weekend. And, and they do. They are cottage people. Our friends, Randall and Danielle, they love cottages. That is what they do. My idea of having a boat is it's like it's downtown Toronto or downtown mm. Hamilton. So it's like it's like let's start the evening on the boat after work at like five. Let's have drinks. When the sun goes down, let's let's go to a bar. <laughs> so in your boat vision, yeah. do you see the boat as being docked more than it's being ridden? I'd say it's half and half. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like I would use it I would use it the way that people say they're gonna use a cottage. If not every week like on a Wednesday night, it's like, oh hey, wanna take a meeting? Come to the boat. <laughs> Come to the it's boat. Ridiculous. We'll get some takeout. Whatever. We'll sit in the dock. Cause, cause I'm going to be drinking. I'm not going to drive the boat. So we'll just, we'll just sit in the dock. Mm. And then on times where it's like, oh, let's bring the family out. Then I'll, I'll, I'll be the guy that brings everyone around mm. the Toronto Island so that you can have your drinks. Bring. Long. You're going to be the sober guy driving the boat. You got it. I do not picture that <laughs> happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, th- that would be in theory. That's what I want. And by the way, a lot of people have been DMing me and responding to the last episode about my dream for a boat, saying mm. it's not crazy. Stick to your dreams. I love boats. Uh, continue to be a boat man. Don't give up. Uh, so I want to thank people for those uh, positive uh, messages. Well, listen, I'm looking for friends with cottages, friends with boats. So like, I don't have a friend with a boat, like, or at least a local handy boat. So you can be my friend in that, I can be that, in that guy. category. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. I'll keep looking. I was looking at some more prices. Again, it's pretty damn pricey. And mm. again, yeah. Marina fees, man. Damn. Yeah. They're no joke. Uh, but anyway, uh, anything else been going on? I mean, I, I uh, my daughter, Winona, went into uh, daycare. We're transitioning her. So yesterday oh, yeah. was the first day that we dropped her at the daycare. Tears? 
Yeah, man. Well, so so she was cool. Like, so there's all these like other little kids, kind of like you know doing their thing in her uh, her age group, pooping, peeing. <laughs> they had they weren't doing that. Maybe and they're wearing diapers. I mean, yeah. I can't tell. Uh, mm-hmm. I can tell when my own daughter's doing that just from her facial expression. But I <laughs> I don't know when other kids are doing it. But uh, so we go in and basically because we're transitioning, they're like uh, one of the parents can like hang out for like an hour or however long and then go away. And we're like, oh, you know, Winnie's gonna be maybe clingy. We don't know. The minute we get in there, she wants to be put on the ground and she runs to like the little jungle gym, like the little uh-huh. kid jungle, and she. She's like playing in the tunnel and all that. And I was like, oh, this is like really nice. It's kind of made it very easy. So anyway, at this moment, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go. But Dan, you stay. I got to go, I got to go to work. So I leave to go to work and I throw in that song because I'd been playing. I, I was playing. I'd sometimes in the mornings, uh, I'll play like the acoustic guitar for Winnie and I'll just sort of like strum chords and make up little stupid songs like Winnie, Winnie, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on scene. So I started playing that song. Do you realize uh, mm, by the flaming yeah. lips? And I, so then it was kind of in my head. So I was like, oh, I haven't listened to that one. So I throw on Apple Music and I'm walking to work and I'm listening to Do You Realize? And I started thinking about the fact that like Winona just sort of like, you know, when I put her down, she like kind of crawled away and kind of did her own thing. And I'm like, wow, we're like kind of in this new phase. Like it's like it got here so quick. Like she's in daycare. Like just Mm -hmm. yesterday, literally, it was like our old life was like just the three of us. And now there's this sort of like next phase of her life that came before I knew it. And sort of the enormity of life and the fact that it doesn't stop. And then like just like picturing her sort of like acclimating so well. Like I just started to get very welled up with emotion as I was walking to work. I was wearing my sunglasses. And when he gets to the the line about how it's like, uh, do you realize that the sun doesn't go down? It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning around. It's sort of like had this weird like, like I and this is like the rantings of somebody that would be high or something. It it didn't help that you were on shrooms. (laughs) And I was just like, man, I'm like life. Life doesn't stop. It will always go. It'll always be. It will always like like even if I were to be gone, my daughter would continue on. It's like the life like the world does not end. It mm-hmm. continues on. And all of these little events that happen to us, they matter to us individually so much because it's our life. Like we're writing our own little novels and we're having our own little lives. And these are our moments. And it's like the enormity of the world kind of felt very small all of a sudden because I'm like it doesn't matter about everything else that's happening that is beyond my control and all the things we argue about politics news all this shit it's like my daughter had her first day at daycare and it's like time is going and I need to slow down and sort of pay more attention to those things so all it was like a heavy morning and then my eyes were like kind of welling up and I was streaming as I got to close to work and then I was like all right I need to change this shit up and pull it together because you know someone's got to go to and work. then you threw on dmx as you normally do <laughs> that's how i roll into the office y'all gonna make me lose my mind <laughs> i was just like and then i came in ready to kick some ass at the, at the job but so that was that was my my experience but it was uh it was nice and uh but yeah anyway very so, sweet yeah so let's get to some topics let's do some topics we've uh because it's actually a good day for topics it mm-hmm. is a good day for topics so there's lots of topics max i'm not quite sure exactly what you want to discuss for the topics because there's been a lot going on manager ash was sending stuff shaney was sending stuff yeah so basically we have a pod peeps group uh a group chat and we just throw ideas in there i know i'm so i'm supposed to kind of make the ultimate list and originally it, we had this ariana grande thing suing Forever 21. That's correct. And we had Team Canada basketball and, and the, the idea of like, what's your allegiance to your country, yes. which we can get into. But then the last couple, I think, were even more interesting that we came out of nowhere, like Walmart and sale of handgun ammunition and asked customers to not carry guns into stores. So that's one. That's story. interesting. And then uh, DJ Flume. Yeah, let's start there. Oh, yeah. You, want to just, you just want to dive right in? I just want to dive right into DJ Flume. Okay, so the news story coming out of Burning Man. New details emerge on Flume's onstage sex act at Burning Man. <laughs> uh, so essentially, to, to sum this up, I guess uh, Aussie DJ uh, Flume. Uh, Who's a massive DJ, by the way. He's huge. Yeah. He's huge. He's you, the top you're telling me you've question. heard of this guy before, Mike. No, but I read the story. Okay. And they said he had he had two number one albums. I basically got it. Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not hip. No, yeah. that makes me feel better because when you're like, he's huge, he's huge. I was like, shit, I'm really out of the loop. <laughs> but Do you know, know who Flume me- is? Of course not. No. <laughs> Flume? I to be honest, I hardly know who Flume is, but uh, if if you go to like Firefly or Way Home or any of these big festivals, his name's at the top of the bill, like mm-hmm. next to the killers. He's like the king of the, the DJ EDM scene. Mm. I think I, I only find out about DJs when virtual uh, Instagram stories about them. I don't know who anybody is when, until... when, when the nut is side stage next to the DJ. Booth exactly. At some festival. Uh, we were talking about like demos before at one point at, at this party last week. And the nut was like, uh, he's like, name one Lizzo song. 
And I was like, it's like, oh, uh, well, I know who she is. I don't know a song. He's mm-hmm. like, exactly. I'm like, okay, calm down. What Jesus. was his I'm point? Like, I wasn't disagreeing with you. We were talking about um, the MTV uh, Video Music Awards. Mm-hmm. My, my thing at this party was I was saying, you know, the MTV Video Music Awards came and went, and it felt like they didn't really make an, a cultural impact. Mm. <laughs> but when I think back on, like, even, like, a couple years ago, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing it on a bus shelter. Like, it was a huge... Mm-hmm sort of like pop culture event and now it doesn't feel like that so i was just asking do we feel like the mtv video awards are one not a huge cultural event because there's so many other sort of media outlets and we're distracted by the things two and i i totally said this i'm like am i just not reading news in the places that would make this feel like mm. i am out of the demo fine even though like we work at a, a television network there's too many events there's just too much stuff going on too yeah, many there's no monoculture anymore yes so but do we agree that it's not as relevant or as big a deal as it was literally even five years ago 100 percent yeah it's definitely not because the way people used to like get their entertainment was like tuning into the television now no one even and it was the time to see them live now every day at my desk i can create like my own little award show via youtube yeah and so he was (laughs) i tune in and i do (laughs) working hard yep yeah (laughs) two people watching the streams me and kathleen the shaniac uh so anyway i feel like uh i feel like his position was essentially no 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 you're just out of touch and i'm like i don't think it's as relevant and then that was when he hit me with the lizzo question yeah i mean she's definitely one of the biggest artists in the world and you probably if if this was 10 years ago you'd probably know more of the songs because you name two lizzo songs right now uh, truth hurts and uh i actually love the record um uh juice there you go okay but like to your point if this was 10 years ago and the way that like uh we were fed you Mm -hmm. know uh entertainment it would have hit us all. But now it's like, I don't know. Are, are we not consuming it in the right spots? Am I just, is my Twitter feed so sort of like uh, basketball heavy? Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I completely concede that that's absolutely maybe the case. But I also stand by my assertion that the MTV Video Music Awards don't mean nearly as much as they used to, they which I don't think is some revolutionary statement. Yeah. No. But he seemed a little bit defensive about the whole thing. I think for someone to be famous, they have to pass the mom test. Like if your mom knows who Justin Bieber is, Justin Bieber is... A phenomenon. I just feel like there's going to be less of those moving forward. That's what we're saying. Yeah. So it's not it's not the uh, Birchall's just thinking that Mike's out of touch. Mm -hmm. It's just that things are way more idiosyncratic these days. Yeah, totally. And it's just like for a a singer, for instance, to have like a transcendent hit, uh, it means like it's hard to do that. Like Little Nas X with Old Town Road is like maybe the only example I can think of. You know, you know sorry. No. You know that I'm song? a little out of Oh, touch. that one you should know. What's yeah. that? The I'm going to take my Oh, horse yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus oh, yes, and yes. Uh, Lil yeah. Nas. So that song's about what having sex with a girl? Well, he just came out as gay. Yeah, so. that's that's the hugest story. So Lil, Lil Nas, <laughs> like his his song was number one. It, it is the longest number one song. It broke Mariah Carey's record. This is literally the biggest. <laughs> By the way, this is so funny that we're explaining this is the pop culture official. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know this song. I just didn't know his name. Uh, <laughs> My point remains. (laughs) But regardless of his uh, sexual orientation, that song is about having sex with someone in a hotel room, right? Because I see a bunch of little kids singing this song all the time, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they know what it's about. I don't know. But riding uh, a horse and you know riding all night long. Yeah, sex. Yeah. Also, well, I mean, the big story with, we're really getting off on tangents right now, but uh, the big story with Lil Nas is that he kind of came out of nowhere, country, I think we might have talked about this on a pod, or we considered talking about it on a pod, I remember it was a potential issue, that the country music community was like, this isn't a country song, and most people were like, you guys are just being racist because it's a black guy singing it, and then Billy Ray Cyrus said, jumped on the song as a guest feature, says, oh, you don't think it's a country song? Now it's a country song, and he kind of like celebrated (laughs) the fact that it's a great song, it should be celebrating country music. Um, and then the, he started on this um, this number one streak where he ended up being number one for like the longest running mm-hmm. time ever. And like Taylor Swift put out a song uh, from her new record and she didn't get to number one because Little Nas actually She couldn't knock him off time. the perch. So all this stuff was happening and he like became one of the biggest stars in the world. And he tweeted, this was uh, at the end of July. He, he, uh, he wrote, wow, man, last year I was sleeping on my sister's floor had no money, struggling to get plays on my music, suffering from daily headaches. Now, I'm gay. Wow. <laughs> Billy Ray with the bomb. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I know. Yeah. But did you know that uh, Achy Breaky Heart is a cover song? No, oh, is it? And that was like his big claim to fame. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to pull that. Like a cover or someone wrote it for him? It's a 
cover song. Like, like someone s- released it previously. Yes. And Crazy. Then, so he's a very opportunistic guy. <laughs> She's savvy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the reason why we bring this all up is that Flume played a set at Burning Man. DJ Flume performed oral sex on girlfriend Paige Elkington during Burning Man performance. So I guess uh, Mr. Flume was on stage. There was a sign in the crowd that said, uh, does Flume eat beep? But eating ass is considered oral sex? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, now It makes sense now. I've just never heard it that way. He's using his mouth. I, I know. It makes sense now. I'm just thinking aloud here. Because I'd never heard someone <laughs> saying like, wanna, like, if I was like, could you perform oral sex on me? And the girl went behind me. I'd be like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> It's a thing too, Shane. You didn't know that. You need to be more specific. Get with the times, Grandpa. Do you even know a Lizzo song? But anyway, um, do you know what Burning Man is, Shane? Yeah, it's like where a bunch of hippies go out there in the sand and they do acid. Yeah, Burning Man is actually uh, the nut from this past weekend. That's what Burning Man is. Good work. We're going to post that photo on Instagram of Birchall completely burnt. So... (laughs) So anyway, I guess he sees this uh, this sign and he decides to go for it on stage with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so he wait, wait he saw a sign. Someone yeah, a sign on the crowd said like "Eat ass, Flume." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It was. Yeah, no. I, I think the sign said, "Does DJ Flume eat ass?" And then so to to answer the question, he he I, either simulated oral sex as his. No, he he did. No, you've it. seen the video, right? I didn't watch the video. I read oh. the article. Clearly, Shane watched the video and didn't no, read the no, article. No, no, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the video. So I looked for so it. So Diplo posted it, on, and Diplo has Show millions me. of followers, and he basically uh, did a recap of his time at Burning Man, and like it starts with like it's it's a swipe, so it's like it starts with a photo of Burning of Diplo in the in the desert and him standing next to people dressed funny. You're going through, you're going through a big crowd. He's DJing. It's an aerial shot. You keep swiping, keep swiping, Whoa. and there is Flume doing his thing. It was just a very short mm-hmm. clip, but yeah. Oh wow, yeah. It kind of looks like uh, Beck Bennett from SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, do, I'm sure they'll make fun of this on us. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's not a big enough story. But she was wearing underwear. Yeah. Uh, oh, she was. She was. Uh, okay. You didn't read the article. No, I didn't. Okay. But I guess my question is, <laughs> I was more just interested in, in what do you guys think about Burning Man? Because originally I think that... <laughs> Wait, that was the takeaway? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's a roundabout way of getting to, what do you think of Burning Man? <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, no, no. The reason why I bring it up is that this was this was filmed. And I, and I thought the policy of Burning Man was no phones. This is some sort of like bohemian uh, festival where we don't engage in the modern mm-hmm. world and you build your own communities up and then you tear them down at the end and you don't don't well, leave someone's any trash. someone's eating butt on stage, I think there's an exception to that rule. <laughs> but I would feel like lots of butt eating goes on at Burning no, well, this Man. Is it. I know, but on stage in front of people, like this wasn't private butt eating. But I feel like they're like because like to Max's point, it's sort of like this loose, debaucherous, like there are no rules. I'm sure there's been sex acts on stage in the past. I could be wrong. Maybe no, no, because that's what I've heard about Burning Man. Like some people like walk around naked and people just do freaky mm-hmm. stuff. It's like the Berlin nightclub. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 like, it was like no phone policy. Were you frequent? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, one time, yeah. So, so, okay. So, but now it just feels like to me, it just feels like the essence. Well, it just feels like Coachella because it just like rich, famous Instagram people just going there to show off that they went to Burning Man. I think it's impossible to get a ticket too. Like they sell out immediately and it's just a very exclusive thing. And it's become less of like an idealistic, like bohemian community and more of just a place for people to go. Well, I think show the off cell Instagram. phone reception was always notoriously bad, but mm. now it's improved. So that, mm. that rule has kind of like been cheated on so many times. It so wasn't like, even, fuck it. it wasn't a rule. It was a, like, it was like a necessity. Like yeah. it was like, no, this is, this is our culture, but it's like, actually you just don't have another choice. <laughs> yeah. They don't have <laughs> ta- cell, cell phone towers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so is the question, what do we think of, um, like these sort of, is the integrity of burning man ruined now? Do you think it's possible even to have like super sort of like private events of this magnitude where like people don't pull up their cell phones and everything is lived online now? Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. And, and also it's like anything that this happens with anything that's like kind of like cool or has like a unique spirit is that like people end up wanting to go and then ruin it basically. Because I bet you there's some people that have been going to Burning Man for a long time that go, oh, fuck. 
Diplo's here fucking with his phone out. I bet you, like, there's some purists that are at Burning Man that are very annoyed at all of this. I guarantee you there's somewhere where there's a bunch of dudes from the 90s that used to go to Burning Man are like, yeah, man, that festival's dead. Like, yeah. it was over in 20, 2005 when mm-hmm. Fred Durst showed up to party. You know, like, <laughs> that happens with every, yeah. you know, everything cycles out generationally. Mm-hmm. Can I use my, uh, my joke Yeah, that I used in the text? Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know we were going to talk about this topic. Oh, I just got the joke right now. Really? Why'd you say save it for the pod then? I thought, okay. Because I thought there was a larger story to it. Okay, <laughs> Max, do you think that's the first time he's ever performed on crack? <laughs> <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Still good. I literally thought he did crack at Burning Man. Well, they talked to the woman that held up the sign as well in the article, which you highlighted. Oh, yeah. This... This happens all the time. It happened the other day with you um, on the boat. Yep. Uh, Accidental puns, like, gets into your subconscious, and you can't help but make a pun. Mm. In fact, even today, a guy wanted us to talk about the Canadian basketball story. I said, don't worry. We're already going to talk about it. He goes, way to stay on the ball. Mm. He wasn't wasn't (laughs) even trying to do that. But, Mike, do you want to read the uh, quote? Do you have it handy? Yes, I do have it handy. So Shane uh, screen grabbed a part of the article and sent it along. And this was a quote from the woman who held up the sign that uh, was the catalyst for him to go go into his uh, girlfriend's bum bum. Uh, she added. <laughs> That's a great sentence. <laughs> it was the catalyst to go into his girlfriend's bum bum. <laughs> uh, she added. He's a really awesome guy. I wish him the best, and I really hope that this doesn't negatively affect him. That would make me really bummed. <laughs> Good work. I mean, I don't but know. This happens all the time. Like once you start looking for it, you'll it'll just you'll mm. never stop looking for it, and it you'll oh it always happens. Like you do it all the time. Oh really? No matter what we're talking about, you'll always throw in an accidental pun. Oh wow! Because I've yeah. never done an intentional pun. I yeah. wish I was smart enough to do it, but maybe yeah. you didn't even get the crack one. Yeah, no, it didn't. Mm. Yeah. So Flume is not on crack as far as we know. It was a butt joke. It was just a butt joke. Uh, somebody listening right now just went, oh. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's let's quickly do Canada basketball. Yeah. All you need to know is that uh, the World Cup is happening right now. And basically, if you make a certain, uh, I don't know what the, the, the seating is, but if you make it to the top, whatever, you get to go to the 2020 Olympics. This is important for Canada because they're not automatically in the 2020 Olympics. Everybody wants to play in the Olympics. That's the sort of tournament that matters. But you have to play in these sort of summer tournaments now it's qualifying to qualify but what has happened is in north america in america and in canada all of the top nba players uh, who are american and canadian have basically dropped out they don't want to go over there and play in this qualifying it's tournament. in china some it's of the exhibition games were in australia it's a lot of travel so it's like two weeks in australia then like two weeks in china and it's like you're a month away in your summer and then you got to go back and do the nba etc etc all the other nations whether it's like lithuania or uh, argentina or spain all like mark gasol center of the raptors you know 34 years old i believe he just won a championship played longer than a lot of guys in the nba and he's playing he's suiting up for spain because he's like my country basically the the national pride and showing up to play for your, your country means a lot to these other countries. What we've seen uh, in the States and in Canada is all of the big names haven't, uh, they're, they're not going over there. They don't want to do it this summer. They're almost like, yeah, when the Olympics get here, like maybe I'll jump in. If that sounds like fun, but that's for now, like I don't want to do it. So the problem for Canada is the states are fine. They'll, they'll qualify there in no matter what. They have such a deep talent pool. The problem for Canada is it's like we might – like we're probably not – I don't know. There's going to be a last minute – like we didn't qualify this time, but we're going to have another tournament next summer. We'll see if guys show up. So anyway, I guess my question is – and I said it wouldn't be long, but that was a little bit long uh, – is what is your obligation as a Canadian, as like a, 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 a wealthy NBA player – do you feel obligated to play for your national team? Because, you know, obviously uh, growing up here and identifying as Canadian and all that stuff, does it matter? Or should you be more concerned about, say, uh, uh, getting rest in the summer, training properly, don't risk injury in the international game, uh, you know, securing endorsements, whatever it is that is your business. Should you focus on that or should you forego a lot of those things and sort of sacrifice for your country? Well, have you seen, uh, of course you've seen this. What's the guy's name? He's leg split in half. Paul George. Playing for Team USA. Exactly. So if you're Nike and you sign this huge deal and it's for the NBA and then all of a sudden this guy goes to play an Ice Cube's three-on-three league or he goes to represent Canada and the court's a little bit different. Like in that game, they have a, a stanchion under the net, which is – so if you're dunking, it's – it's It was closer in the international game than it was in the NBA. And this this guy Paul George, when he was playing for USA, he broke his leg in half. Yeah, and that would have not have happened had he abstained from that. So, of yeah, I I don't because of injuries. I say why risk it? 
and let's use this as an opportunity for up and comers to kind of get their shot. I, I don't think NBA players should really even be allowed. As much as I like to see them, I love the dream team. All, all that stuff, it's more exciting, but it also doesn't seem like it's giving Olympic athletes a chance to sure. kind of shine. I, I totally get that argument, and I think there's merit to it, and that's probably the argument that most of the Canadian guys are going. It's like, look, I don't want to injure myself. i got to get ready for the NBA season. That's all fair. The only thing I'd counter the, with is that it's like every athlete who goes to the Olympics, it goes, oh, one of the greatest honors and life experiences is getting to represent my country in the Olympics. And the thing which is really short-sighted for a lot of these Canadian guys, I feel, is that it's like, hey, it's totally cool if you don't want to go to Australia and China this year for this qualifying thing. Of course, I objectively, it's a fucking pain in the ass. But we have a smaller talent pool. And if you want that life experience to go to the Olympics, one of the greatest joys of your life, according to every fucking person that's been there. It's only the greatest joy of your life if there's not a professional league that celebrates it. Like for a gymnast or other thing, yeah, that's the pinnacle. No, no, no. But like, He's saying that's what these people no, say. But, no, but oh, I think, no, like but I think Barclay NBA... Barkley and Jordan, these guys have all said how the Olympics was the seminal experience in their lives. And LeBron. Yeah, like every NBA guy that's like achieved the highest highs also goes, oh yeah, the Olympic experience was incredible. And so it's just like... I think, yeah, it's short-sighted that it's like, listen, I, I totally get that you would probably go next year to Tokyo to play for Team Canada, but you have to do this if you want that experience. Mm-hmm. And for as long as the, our Canadian guys are not showing up, I feel like a real like, sports talk radio guy, I know. Um, it's, it's like for these qualifying events, we're never going to have the experience of rooting for them in the Olympics. It's well, as simple as that. If you're getting interviewed and they're like, how was the Olympic experience? And all you've ever heard is people on the mic saying how great it is. What are you going to say? Eh, it was okay. It was kind of annoying, <laughs> though. I mean, I think there's a lot of camaraderie. You're in Barcelona. Like, I, 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 I agree, it. but let's say you had a bad time. Are you going to say it wasn't no, one of the not. best experiences? They don't go back. It's happened. When they lost, when Larry Brown was the coach, guys were like, this is the worst. When it was Allen, that Allen Iverson team, oh, yeah, LeBron, and those guys were rookies. Yeah. Well, because they grew up watching the Dream Team and yeah. the Dream Team doc, and that was amazing because it was kind of unprecedented. Because totally. before it was a rule that NBA players weren't allowed to play, yeah. so it was just this awesome thing, like a basically a glorified All Star game where guys are just alley ooping to the best mm-hmm. players in the world. That is fun. It's when but, you're but, but, in the, Canada and you're like, eh, we're probably going to get our ass kicked. No, but I did this what? basketball panel a couple weeks ago for Team Canada. I did it was Hoop Talks and Nick Nurse, who's the coach of the Raptors, he was on the panel because he's to coaching Team Canada. Glenn Grunwald, Rowan Bear. RJ, RJ's dad was there and our, uh, Rowan Barrett was like yeah playing for Team Canada in 2000 the last time they made the Olympics in Sydney was incredible like every and, and that team didn't even medal but they all remember that experience as like being special but Sorry. I was just going to say the, uh, the other thing too is like for guys like DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry like not everybody gets to compete for championships like LeBron James so LeBron James has got but like Carmelo Anthony has only ever won gold medals guys like DeMar DeRozan and Paul George the reason that they talk about the Olympic experience is because like that ends up being sort of like this this achievement that that sort of defines their career mm-hmm. because not everybody gets to be the Golden State Warriors or whomever, right? It's cool to have on a resume. And I get the the USA team I'm putting in a completely different category than like a Canadian basketball team because really the, the uh, American team, they kind of just – play like the Globetrotters, and then when they're down by two points, they turn on the Jets and they win the game. Not anymore. They almost <laughs> lost to... Uh, I know, because yeah, they, they're not really trying the same yeah, level. Yeah, and their roster's not as good. But, but here's the thing. The other thing I'd say is, like, back to my argument about, like, why experiences and camaraderie are um, the most, like, deeply gratifying things to have as humans, is that it's like you ask the guys that play for uh, France or Spain or Lithuania or Argentina... And they, and they, because they've been a part of it for so long, they've built up these relationships with the coaches and the players. Uh, it's like uh, Jonas Val- Valanciunas. He, he plays every year. Valanciunas. Valanciunas. Yeah. Valanciunas. Uh, he's oh. Italian, right? Yeah. 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 Jonas Valanciunas. He's played for the last 13 seasons for his national team. Yeah, and he loves it. And it's just a bummer to me that these Canadian guys don't feel the connection to the basketball program. It's or, just or celebrated to, way different, though, too. Over there, he's a god, and well, he but parties like crazy after those games. Yeah, and listen, we could have that in Canada if people decided to get on board. But the issue is that the culture, the basketball culture— People do that for the Raptors, Canada. though. They don't have an NBA team over there, so that is their NBA, is the Olympics. I, I totally get it. I'm just saying that we have the talent— um, to, to, to build something special, but nobody wants to show up to the party. It's like we could be throwing this awesome party, but when people go, I'd rather stay home and play video games mm-hmm. as, as opposed to like going to this party and having great conversations and having a night to remember. Everyone just goes, eh, I'd rather just sort of hang out 
Okay, so home. Lowry goes there. Yeah. And let's say Kawhi is still in the Raptors yeah. next year. Kawhi goes there too. Mm-hmm. Kawhi gets a terrible injury, mm-hmm. career threatening. You still going to think it's worth it? Or are you going to be like, ah, oh, why why'd you do that, Kawhi? You That's the argument against it. Yeah, totally. And one of the questions, again, we're getting really deep into this stuff. And I want to kind of make it a little wider in a second here. But I, on the panel that I helped co host, I asked uh, Rowan Barrett, I said, like, is it in part, like, is. Participation uh, has declined in part because our a lot of our best basketball players as high school students yeah. go to America to these prep schools and just don't feel the sense of community. Because And he said, yes, that's exactly part of it because we need our guys to help recruit other guys. That, like We need them to feel a part of the mm-hmm. culture here so when it comes time for them to play for Team Canada when, when they're 23, that they, they've been playing with the same guy in the same program since they were 13 and said, hey, we, we've been talking about this for years. Let's fucking do it. They need to recruit each other. And that hasn't quite happened yet. But... Um, so anyway, our our team's getting demolished over there. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a bummer. And God bless Nick Nurse, by the way, because like I th- think he took that gig thinking when they released that thirty name roster, all the big NBA names were on there: Jamal Murray, Shy, all these guys. And then everybody started dropping out slowly. And then Nick is like, "Huh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I guess this is what it is." Mm-hmm. I'll be very fascinated to see if he stays on for next summer with the last ditch effort tournament. And there's still a chance for all of these guys, these NBA guys, to go. Let's go do this one. This is our last shot. But people are saying if they don't show up for that one and they don't qualify for the 2020 Olympics, that, that could, the program could be in big trouble. Yeah. Want to move on? Yeah, sure. Doesn't bother you guys? Guys not playing for their national team? No, I'm kind of bummed. Does bother me. I mean, as much as something in sports could bother me. Yeah, I, I, where are you, Land? <laughs> I just think it's too risky. Right. But these guys play all summer long anyway. They're they, playing all sorts of weird yeah, games. Yeah, it's like At these least these guys, guys are pros that they're playing with. I don't know. Just basketball is such an, I guess every sport is. I, anytime a guy jumps, I'm scared of his landing, mm-hmm. how it's going to be. As a person who's like sprained his ankle terribly, broken his ankle just recently playing basketball, like, I don't know. It's a very scary sport to play. Uh, quickly, what, what do you guys think? I was thinking about like national pride and things we yeah. would do for our country. Have we talked about the draft, like the war draft before? Briefly. Oh, we're dodging it like crazy. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay. No one's going to that. I don't want to kill anyone. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, you I wouldn't do it, Mike. No, I mean, well, it, I've, I've said this before. It depends on the conflict. Like, oh, yeah, we've, we've talked about I've talked about it. Yeah. Like, it depends on the conflict. If there's like an imminent danger, like... I just say kill me. Right. <laughs> Next subject. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Ariana, <laughs> keeping it moving. Ariana Grande. I just said kill me. And her people are suing Forever Twenty One. Uh, in short, the uh, Forever Twenty One tried to broker a deal with her to uh, sort of be the face of Forever Twenty One, do some sort of uh, ad sponsorship deal. And I guess they didn't come with the the proper amount of money, so they're saying they did not offer us uh, a price that is commensurate with uh, someone of Ariana Grande's celebrity and stature. Mm. So they said no to the deal. Forever Twenty One then ended up just shooting, I guess, an ad with a girl who looked very similar to Ariana Grande with the exact same sort of hair <laughs> ponytail thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, what, what, what's the angle here? Oh, so Ariana—they're suing them, saying, "Hey, we didn't do the deal with you, so you just hired a look-alike." Well, that's that doesn't fly either. What do you think, Maxie? Hmm. Like, if so, let's say this scenario comes, he roots Canada's like you're a great ambassador, and then, and then they get a look-alike, Sean Mendes, to be the exactly <laughs> Vance Joy. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, Sean Mendes is doing a collaboration with Roots. Oh, I think I saw that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. W- would you be like manage Rash? We got to sue their ass. <laughs> um, yeah. It's well. Yeah, I've talked about this before when it comes to like rich people and their business affairs and like the things they choose to care about. Like, it's just, I guess that's why you have, you know, people on your team just like looking after you. To, because on one hand, it's like, who gives a shit? But on the other hand, I guess, I guess the sneaky part is, is that they've already like had this negotiation. Yeah. Like, so, like, for, let's say somebody wanted to like license an Arkell song for a commercial mm-hmm. and they were like, all right, the fee is whatever the fee is. And they're like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to pay that much money. And then they just like do like a ripoff song, yeah. like if, pleather jacket. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that they just recreated for fifty bucks, but sounds pretty close. That would be a bummer. That happened a couple years ago to one of your songs. The, Not oh, that you were offered up front, yeah. but that they just ripped you off. A guy who sounded exactly like yeah. he was in a commercial. So yeah, but and the thing is, in music, this happens all the time, where it's like the Vance Joy song is like the biggest like sound of the summer, like that's whatever his big song was a few years ago, and then you hear in every commercial a song with the ukulele and like mm-hmm. a, a bouncy melody or whatever, and it's just because nobody could 
pay or not nobody but a lot of companies wouldn't be able to pay for the rights to that song so they just get some musician to, to write ripoff songs so it happens so i think the mistake for forever 21 is that they went into the negotiation with ariana grande in the first place they should have just known that they couldn't have afforded her and just and and and, and then yeah shot the images with the girl that looked like her it's like it's inspired by yeah or just go oh it's just a coincidence exactly yeah yeah I think that's that's what they should have done. They fucked up on the on that tip. Right. So so the point is, if you're going to uh, emulate, it's like yeah. don't go into a negotiation. No. Yeah. Or if the negotiation fails, you got to change direction. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to rip off uh, Lizzo or something. Right. What's the line between inspired by and stealing? Like, what's the line there? Yeah, that's a good question. I think when you offer someone something, they say no, and then you just <laughs> yeah. steal it. That is the line, right? Yeah, Because yeah, otherwise, you just say, oh, this was inspired by. Yeah, yeah. That's all great art is inspired by. Mm-hmm. Unless you did the negotiation. Yeah. This, is, this should be taught in a business class, guys. Yeah. Well, it's like Tarantino does this. He wears his inspirations on his sleeve. So before anyone can say, like, oh, he's just ripping off this, this, and this, he'll say in an interview, oh, kill Bill. I just absolutely took it from this film this film this film this film and he'll get it all out there so people can be like oh it's such an homage yeah yeah whereas whereas if it was under the the cover of darkness Uh it would be like he's such a ripoff artist yeah you do that though yeah yeah with with uh with songs i'm like oh this part was totally inspired or that lyric is taken from there i'm like very um upfront about it in a tarantino kind of way but uh, but it, but oftentimes the song. I mean, the song has to become really massive for anybody to go through the, the hassle of like litigation. But um, when people don't own up to stuff, mm-hmm. they often, they can get sued. Like uh, Sam Smith got sued by Tom Petty for free falling. No, for uh, won't no. back down. Won't back down. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Stay with me and won't back down. We're like the same melody. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, sort of like phrasing and the yeah anyway. What was the Robin Thicke song that... Uh, hey, oh, Blurred Lines. Yeah, that guy got fucked, too. Yeah, the Mar- that was a the precedent-setting lawsuit mm-hmm. because I think that kind of changed the paradigm that yeah. it's like... Because it was sort of just inspired by... I, I listened to the Marvin Gaye thing. It didn't sound that close to me. <laughs> but uh, but because I think uh, he lo- Robin Thicke lost the case that's going to like change the landscape of people suing each other. Coldplay also with Viva La Vida. If you listen to those back-to-back, it's them and some guy from, like, the 80s or 90s. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, the string piece is it, 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 it. Like, I'm like, I get it. Like, yeah. I'm like, if I'm that guy, I'm like, wait a second. Uh-huh. This is crazy. You ever hear uh, Straight to Hell by The Clash? Yeah. And Paper Planes? So same, that, that's same. Just, that's oh, I guess that's sampling, sampling right? Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Well, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like, the, 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 the Mo Money Mo problems. It's like, if I'm Diana Ross, <laughs> I am living. <laughs> Well, well, that's hip hop. Because they, yeah. they came up front about it, right? And they were like, we're sampling this. And I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, okay. Those are our thoughts on that. It's time that, for Shame Surprise. Yeah. What do you got? <sighs> well, I screwed up because mm. I'm supposed to keep all this, my surprise, as a surprise. Mm. But I got all excited when you were in the pod peeps asking for topics. <laughs> mm. So uh, I, I threw You, you I threw already my used your, 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 I, your crack joke. No, it's not the crack uh, joke. You've already was, you forget everything. <laughs> I got like a mind like a squirrel, Max. Um, so I think Mike also has a little bit of a celebrity crush on Margaret Qualley. Yeah, that'd be fair. So and as oh. and I'm in the like growing up, I, I had the biggest crush on Andy McDowell, who's Margaret mm. Qualley's mother. Oh, I just saw her Andy McDowell in a movie. She was in Ready or Not. Anyway, sorry. Really? Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Um. But Mike broke the news to me like a month and a half ago or something that uh, that was Andy McDowell's daughter and she's in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, my God. And she's in this amazing Spike Jones directed commercial where she's this awesome dancer. Like, um, oh, you've seen it. it's a perfume commercial. Yeah, I feel like it's in incredible. my message group with your brother and Dan, that commercial has been referenced like six times. Yeah. She's a, she's a great performer. She's in that show, The Leftovers, which I was a huge fan fan of the leftovers and she just sort of evolved into this sort of mm-hmm. person that is like now sort of considered a, a really sort of elite actor i think especially getting in a tarantino film so then i'm just on the internet and uh, i see a picture of pete davidson holding hands with her yep and i, I didn't know how to feel about it you know like i, I messaged mike you didn't know how to feel about it i was walking with danica and the baby and i get a text from shane and i explode laughing and danica goes what and I go, I go, he sent me a photo of Pete Davidson and Margaret Qualley, and he just said, fuck this world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe then I, I rethought about it. Yeah. And th- so I had this question for you based mm-hmm. off that. Okay, so Pete Davidson's on like an amazing run for yeah. dating uh, unbelievably attractive women. Yeah. So do you think that dating 
hotter women begets dating more hot women. Like he started with uh, Larry David's daughter. Oh yeah. And then that kind of got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Cassie David. Cassie David. Cassie David, <laughs> who I find very, very attractive and very funny. Hmm. And then he went to Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah. I was going to call her the girl from the uh, Forever Twenty One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused. And then uh, he went to Kate Beckinsale. And now he's with the best woman ever mm-hmm. uh, in Margaret Qualley. So do you think that that's a thing to put on a pedestal as the looks, or is Pete Davidson's amazing personality the the thing to have on the pedestal. Ooh, okay. I got a couple thoughts here. Or do, do yeah. You can go first if you want. You're scared to answer this question. No, no, no. I'm into it. Um, I, I would just say that I think like with anything, it's like it's it, it's like it's like vetting the. It's more about the less so about the attractiveness of the women. It's about the quali- the character of Pete Davidson in the sense of this. It's like anything. It's like um, Pete must be like a cool guy if he can get somebody that everybody assumes is, is super special. Mm-hmm. So it's like working with like a producer. It's like, oh, that Taylor Swift worked with that guy? Well, then he must be great. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is you start, it almost like verifies you in a weird way. It vets you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think the Pete Davidson thing is really interesting uh, because typically if there's like a, a Hollywood actor, uh, like um, who's a good looking, like who? Uh, Liam, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy or who's dating Miley Cyrus? One of those guys. Liam Hensworth. Yeah. Liam Hensworth. Yeah. And, and, and they went on a, a run of dating a bunch of beautiful women. You'd be like, yeah, totally makes sense. The thing which is weird about Pete Davidson is that I think us guys do not think he's good looking, do not get it. Uh, other than that, like, sure, he's like tall and sure he's got a good sense of humor, but like, it doesn't make sense that a guy that looks like him would go on a run like that. But every like Lauren loves Pete Davidson, like like like, like women seem and and it's just like for us it's like what there's a disconnect there. That but I, a lot that of women co- too, they'll acknowledge that he's not attractive or maybe traditionally attractive and maybe there's something about him mm -hmm. but maybe they wouldn't have dated him until Cassie David verified him like Mike said Mm -hmm. and I think once that first person breaks the ice it's like oh yeah I actually do find him very attractive but if that didn't happen he would just be like the kind of ugly guy you who you have this weird crush on that you'd never act on Chad, i'm not saying that you're like pete davidson i was going to say i but, am like pete yeah, davidson but, 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 because i'm sure your mind went there too because i feel like you've been like all your past girlfriends have been very beautiful and i feel like you I know them all up against each other to the last one <laughs> where it's like oh did you see my last girlfriend and you see my last no girl? no 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 get out of here yeah. here's why i do that because <laughs> i have, why i do that <laughs> <laughs> Please, that is insulting. Here's the thing. This is why I, I take Well, that I never. <laughs> no, but here's why I have a chip on my shoulder. Okay. Is that what it's called? Chip yeah, on your yeah, shoulder? Chip okay. on your shoulder, girl on your arm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so I... <laughs> When I was younger, like, uh, you know, in elementary school, I was considered, like, the hot guy of elementary school. Yeah, you were. Okay. I was, yeah. Why are you shocked at that? <laughs> and then, And then all of a sudden... Who's that grade three? But, but all the teachers? <laughs> I was considered the hot kid of elementary school. <laughs> no, I mean grade eight, seven, eight, when yeah, you start having sure. those tingly feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, puberty hits, and then I'm, like, the ugliest guy in school. Mm. So I'm like, geez, my, my great opportunity to date was grade seven and eight. Mm. And I, that, that was when I was trying to be too picky of. I was like, yeah, I'll decide in high school who I want to date. <laughs> but then I really didn't have any great opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, if I can't have all these great women, I'm just going to hold out and almost have like an air of mystery about me. And maybe that will mm. lure people in. And then I got a girlfriend when I was like, you know, almost 19. Mm-hmm. And it was a girl that a lot of people uh, liked. She was, she was popular, attractive, all that stuff. And then everyone started saying to me, like, girls would come up and be like, Shane, you can never do better than that. Mm. I was like, that's a very rude thing to say, (laughs) you know. Then, then, you know, I get broken up with. And then my next girlfriend, they're like, oh, Shane, you'll never do better. Mm. I'm like, really? And then we we break up and get someone else. And then it keeps happening and happening. And then even (laughs) even my last girlfriend, now now I'm at the age of like, you know, I'm like 30. I go to a, a, no, I'm 31. I go to a wedding and this... The wedding guest comes up to me and just goes, you will never do better than mm-hmm. Alex. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I agree. With this, with this one, I agree because, you know, Alex also, she has a really great 
personality. And I'm like, at this point when I'm 31, I'm thinking, that's so rude. Because she said it to Alex, mm. too, in front of her. It just put Alex's looks in this weird category that made her insecure. Because mm. one, she's like, well, Shane, what is wrong with you? Like, people actually... <laughs> and, and this wasn't just, like, this public instance. People were DMing Alex, too, and telling her that, like, behind my <laughs> back. <laughs> like, she's like, all these weird girls keep messaging me who know you, saying, like, I'm way too good for you and mm. everything. <laughs> Oh I, was my like, God. I was like, okay, but they all equate it to her looks. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, then she gets very self-conscious that her once her looks fades, the relationship's over. Mm. Uh, yeah. Which is not true because Alex, you know, she has a 10 out of 10 personality and, and looks. But it was just, I was just imagining, imagine I walked up to a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine I walked up to Lauren and was yeah. like, you'll never do better than Max. Mm. Like, it wouldn't be some, like, uncle-esque little joke. Yeah, no, it definitely mean. But, but, yeah. but back to the, the original question. And this girl wasn't saying in the way like an uncle would tease you. Like, you'll yeah. never do better than this yeah. broad, Shaney boy. Like, it was actually meant to, like, hurt me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's why I uh, feel the way I do. Where I'm like, hey, they keep getting hotter, eh, boys? Like, because I'm so self-conscious <laughs> now that I always want to think I could, I could still get someone. Yeah, I was going to say, you intuitively have done the thing that Pete Davidson's d- done. You learn from a young well, age. I know. That's Just get the first one, and then the rest will come. And I do think what Mike is saying, the verification thing, is... Absolutely true, but after I messaged like "fuck this world" to uh, Mike, I was kind of like, "Oh, why am I hating on him?" Like, I, I, I am him. Yeah, like he paved the way, kind of for, <laughs> for people like me and the future generations. He's a trailblazer. Try this, but I will also. Say, or maybe you paved the way for him. But I wasn't famous, you know. Mm. He's doing it in a public forum, so someone who's going through this in high school can maybe like have hope. But then I'm thinking. <laughs> but, I'm thinking, is looks like the only thing that matters? Because looks are like the first thing to go. Your personality is like the thing that will carry you into your old age. Like looks don't even matter that much. So maybe I'm the catch with the great personality. You know what I mean? So why aren't you truly got it all? (laughs) No, I'm not saying I have looks, but I'm saying maybe uh, personality is the better thing to covet. So. So why aren't people going up I to Alex? That, I don't think that's a revolutionary thought, bro. <laughs> yeah. well, I think, I think that's I think you've, you've got this great revelation. It's like, guys, I figured out the key. Personality, Personality matters. matters. Oh, you laugh, but every woman will tell you different when they walk up to Alex. They'll be like, oh, he's so lucky. They don't even know her. They're just basing it on her beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 